welcome to Everything Running with Alessandro. I am your host, Brian Alessandro. Today, on episode two, we talk with Bishop Brossard's head coach, Tony Harden. At St. Henry, Tony was the head coach of the girls' track and cross-country teams. Under his direction, the Crusaders won 12 state championships in cross-country and nine state championships in track, including numerous individual titles. At Brossard, as an assistant coach, Tony recorded five state titles in track and two state titles in cross-country. Just last season, Tony led the Mustangs to a 1A state cross-country title as their head coach. He's a member of the NKAC Hall of Fame and the KTCCCA Hall of Fame. Coach, welcome to the show, and thank you for taking time to speak with me today. Coach, thanks a lot for having me. Uh, I'm excited. I listened to your first episode. I can't wait to see what you have planned down the road. Great. Um, uh, my my brother, Kevin Alessandro, uh, talked to me after he listened to the first one and said, you know, I need a little small talk, kind of ease into it, um, but I'm not that type of person. I'm just going to dive right in. So uh, what a career um, you've had and in, in you're continuing on here um, out at Brossard. Uh, let's kind of though start at the beginning. Um, many people know you as St. Henry's coach. Uh, you were there for so long, uh, and we'll get into that and talk more about the coaching aspect uh, a little later. But take us back to the early 1990s uh, in Alexandria, Kentucky. How did you get into the sport? So uh, I have an older brother that's five years older than me, and he was a cross-country runner um, at Brossard, and he ran track as well. And uh, so obviously, you know, he's my only brother, and with him being older, I always looked up to him. And so, you know, whatever he, he did, I wanted to do as well. And so, um, you know, going to meets and watching him, I got interested in it. And so my eighth grade year, um, I started running for Browser. I went to school down in St. Joe's and uh, Brad Dunlovey, who at that time would have been a junior, would drive down some days um, and pick me up and we'd, I'd go practice with the high school guys. And some days I'd just practice on my own. So really my brother was the biggest influence. Um, and then obviously as an eighth grader, when I got around a lot of the high school guys, I definitely you know, wanted to do it. Well, you know, I dug around a little bit and, uh, and found that um, in 1992, 93, and 94, uh, your worst finish was 25th um, in a very consistent uh, cross-country career there. So um, and those were just the state, uh, the state results. So uh, talk a little bit about those state championships. So I was very blessed. Uh, my freshman year, I was our number anywhere from five to seven runner. And, um, uh, towards the end of the year, I ended up kind of having a cold and I wasn't sure coach was going to run me in the regional or state just because again, I was kind of up and down as far as anywhere from five to seven. And with having a cold, I wasn't sure what he wanted to do. We were pretty deep that year. We actually had probably 10 guys that, um, at any moment we could have stuck in the state meet, you know, after the top five, um, and, and done very well with, and he uh, trusted me. And so my freshman year, I ended up, I was our number seven guy, but I was 32nd, which, um, again, not great, but not terrible for a number seven runner in the state meet. Um, and so I was very blessed uh, my freshman year to be a part of the state championship. And then my sophomore year, I was mostly our number two guy. Um, and we were trying to do something that Browser had never done by winning back-to-back state championships for boys at that time. And um, we had a great number one runner, Pat Brown, who I think was third or fourth that year. And uh, Pat was two years older than me. So it was great being able to run with him every day of practice. And um, I ended up 16th. At the state meet that year, a little disappointed because I was one shy of, uh, you know, getting on the stage, getting top 15. But the fact that 
you know, we, we made history by winning back-to-back state championships, uh, pretty much took away any kind of individual uh, sorrow I had. So that was cool. And my cousin, Ben Oshner, who actually ended up going on to be state runner-up for Brossard a couple of years later, um, he was on the same team with me. So that was awesome. to. He was our number four guy that year. It was awesome to be able to enjoy a team championship with my cousin. Yeah, that's great. I mean, these are some older names um, going back a little bit, so it's good to hear those. Um, from that time, and uh, what, what is your favorite memory from from high school running at Brossard? Um, honestly, it was it was that second state championship because uh, you know the first year we did it, it was pretty much like our family that was down there, and um, I don't know why the, the second year there seemed to be a lot of student support. Um, and, and still to this day, I think it was one of the biggest state meets I've ever seen as far as a crowd being there. And um, I remember, I, I, like I said, I finished 16th, but I, I kind of underperformed. I was hoping to be in the top 10, um, you know, had a little bit of an off day. And so. was around the Brossard people and it was just like a sea of green and um after we got our trophy and everything coach keys Dre keys um was my coach and he was up on people's shoulders we were all up on people's shoulders chanting back to back um and it was just it was a, an environment even to this day I really haven't seen at a lot of cross-country meets um it was you know Brossard's a pretty small school and I would assume at that at that point we probably had I don't know 250 kids maybe in the school and I would say at least 100, if not more, were down there um, as part of that celebration. So that was that was just a great, neat experience to have the majority of your school down there celebrating a state championship. Yeah, and you'll you would have uh, celebrated more later on, which we'll talk about. Um, so, you know, after you graduate, obviously you go to college. You're looking for a job. Um, I don't know. Th- specifically if you if you were in teaching in the beginning I didn't start as a teacher so I kind of had a job and went back and got my degree in teaching and stuff um but I want to make sure I word this the right way (laughs) tell us your thoughts or the thought process while making the decision to teach at what would have been a rival school Okay. So, uh, interesting story. So I actually did, at first I went into accounting again, cause my older brother did that and he still does that. And, um, <clears throat> I ended up kind of getting into assistant coaching at Brossard. Um, back then they didn't have all the rules and regulations. So I was 19 years old. And, um, again, it, that's kind of a long story. I don't want to get into too much detail, but, uh, I started kind of being around the team, helping out a little bit and just kind of right away, I, I knew this was something I wanted to do. And so um, I figured the best way to become a coach was probably to become a teacher. You know, if you're a paraprofessional, it's kind of hard to have practices right away. And I thought if I can be a teacher, I can be there right away, go into coaching. Um, So when you go to do your student teaching, you are not allowed to do your student teaching where you went to high school. And so I was looking for a place very similar to Brossard because at that point, my goal, I was an assistant coach. My goal was to come back to Brossard and eventually maybe one day be the head coach. And so when I put down my list of schools I wanted to teach at, uh, I listed St. Henry first, uh, Newport Central Catholic and Holy Cross. They were all Catholic schools, just like Brossard in Northern Kentucky. And I ended up getting St. Henry. And I remember um, going to track practice when I found out and telling some of the girls and they weren't as happy as I was, because as you said, it was a rival school. And I was just happy because it was an opportunity. I didn't look at it as, you know, I'm going to a rival school. 
um, I was just kind of excited that I got my first choice and that, you know, I was kind of starting to do my, my, my student teaching. Um, and so I did my student teaching there in the fall and um, I graduated in December. And as you know, being a teacher, you know, there's not a lot of positions open after that. So what I did is I was, again, I was still coaching at Brossard um, and St. Henry asked me to kind of sub. And then uh, the school year was getting ready to start. I guess it, I, I remember it was June and uh, Dave Otte, the principal at St. Henry had called me and offered me the job. Um, I knew it was going to be tough to get a job at Brossard. There was no openings. And so I kind of had to, to decide what to do. And so um, I took the job at St. Henry as a business teacher. And actually my first year at St. Henry, I don't think a lot of people know this. I, I was just an assistant um, because my goal at that time was to still go to Brossard and hopefully, you know, either be an assistant or take over that program. And so I didn't want to take over a, take over a program that I didn't really know I was going to stay at very long. Um, so the first year I was an assistant and then after I kind of got my feet wet as a teacher and an assistant coach at St. Henry, I realized it was a place I really wanted to be at. And so my second year there, uh, I was offered the cross country, um, job and a track job. And at that time, actually, uh, St. Henry boys and girls were coached by one coach. And, um, now was that Sandy Paget? No, well, Sandy was there, um, but when I took over the program, it was the same time Eric Newhouse came in. Okay. And so Eric wanted, Eric wanted the boys. I obviously, my only experience at that point was coaching girls. So we split the program. So I took the girls and Eric took the boys. Um, and then when we came back around the track, we did the same thing. Sandy took, Sandy Pageant took the boys and I took the girls. Um, and so that's kind of from there on, um, I was the head coach of the, the girls track and cross country program. Uh, it ended up being 15 years for the cross country and 14 for track. My last year I was at St. Henry. I stepped down as the head coach for track. I didn't coach track my last year. I was at St. Henry. I understand. Uh, well, thank you for sharing that story. I mean, it does give a little bit more insight, uh, into, you know, picking, a well, really just a job. I mean, and, right. then, <laughs> and then going from there. So, uh, I think we can all relate to that. Uh, let's talk about winning some state titles. Uh, St. Henry has the most in Kentucky history in girls cross country with 19. Uh, you coached most of those or were a part of most of those. Do you think that the success of multi-state champion coaches affects the way other coaches look at you? Uh, that's, a, that's a great question. Um, you know, I don't know. I think sometimes depending on situation I think sometimes people look at multi-time coaches and say maybe it's easy at that school because it happens so often um, you know being in a school like St. Henry as you mentioned um, there was a history before I ever got there so you know to say that you know I mean I walked into a situation where it was already a running school so I think it depends on which coach you know who, who, who you talk to about stuff I think some coaches would feel that winning multiple state championships especially at a school like St. Henry that has had a tradition you know can be easy um, and I think some people you probably talk to would say trying to win multiple championships, stay on top um, can be difficult because obviously everybody's shooting for you year in and year out because you have won a couple in a row. You know, we've coached against each other for a long time. So I'm, I'm comfortable asking you these questions. <laughs> you, you can ask anything you want. Trust me. Who influenced your coaching style? So Ray Keys, who was uh, my coach, Ray um, is a multi-time hall of famer for cross country. He's also a basketball coach. Uh, Ray and I took the same path. Ray started his coaching career at St. Henry, just like I did. And then he made his way to Brossard, where as a freshman, I had the opportunity to run for him for four years. 
And then um, obviously now I'm at Brossard as well. So it's kind of interesting that we both took the same career paths. He was there at Brossard for a long time too. So I know when I ran at Highlands, he was there um, and then coaching there for a while as well. So, all right. What is your uh, go-to workout? If you were to pick, I asked um, Brent the same thing. And, and you coach both cross-country and track, so you can choose the sport. Uh, what is a go-to workout for a Tony Harden coach team? Uh, I, would, I would have to agree with Brent on, on part of his answer. Um, I think 400s. Uh, I like 400s. I know some of the kids don't. But I, I feel like it's the perfect distance combined with speed. Um, I think anything, you know, shorter, you're working on speed, anything longer, you're starting to get a little bit more endurance, at least again, in my opinion. So I, I really like 400s. Like I said, the kids may not like them, but I think um, they're the most beneficial workout you can do for almost anybody um, in cross country or track. Now, maybe the hundred guy doesn't benefit obviously from a 400 might be too much, but I think 200 and up um, 400s are ideal for just about anybody. Yeah. I think a lot of people would agree with you on that too. Um, let me read a quote from you. The NKEY Tribune wrote an article, and here's what you, you said when, in reference to when you left St. Henry. I didn't want to leave the program, he said. I was looking for a teaching change and actually turned down a couple other, of other positions. When this one at Brossard came around, it was just the right fit at the right time. So here you are. Uh, you are the most decorated coach in single-A history in terms of state championships. Talk about that decision um, and and what leaving what you built uh, or continued to build upon at St. Henry. So um, it's up to this point, it was, it was the toughest decision that I've ever had to make. Um, I did not leave St. Henry because of anything related to running. Um, you know, being a Catholic school teacher, I have several more years of teaching. Um, I'm in my 20th year and I, I have currently, I probably have at least 21 more. Um, and at that time I was finishing up year 16 of teaching and I just, I didn't see myself being in St. Henry the rest of my career. Um, again, it wasn't, it had nothing to do with the running. I was enjoying the coaching. Um, and I went to Brossard's graduation. My oldest niece had graduated and um, I hadn't really been back to a lot of Brossard stuff since I was there, since I had coached with Coach Shu. Um, when I was early in college and, um, I heard Mr. Ritter, who's the principal that I currently work for. I heard him give a speech on what it means to be a Mustang. And, um, I, I got goosebumps and I considered myself a crusader more than a Mustang at that point. So I sent him an email and just said, Hey, great speech. I was proud to be an alumni in the crowd. And he kind of reached out to me and, you know, we both kind of seemed like we were interested in at least sitting down and talking. Um, and so after him and I sat down and talked and he, he told me the options as far as teaching position, what he had, um, I had the difficult job of going out and talking to Mr. Roddy, my principal, um, and letting him know. And then I came home and I was getting ready to leave for vacation the next day. And um, I knew it was summer and I knew it was going to be hard to get the team together to tell them face to face. And um, that's one of the things I, I kind of wish I could have done. But I sat there and typed uh, the letter to the parents and the athletes. And it probably took me about three hours to get through um, because I was so emotional. Because I, I didn't, I didn't really want to leave St. Henry as far as coaching. Um, so it was, like I said, it was the toughest decision I've had to make in, in my career. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't imagine the the jobs that I left uh, were not from high school to high school. 
it was, um, you know, I stepped away from Highlands for a little bit to go to Northern and Thomas Moore. And then when I came back, it was, you know, it wasn't as big and, and as long term either. So uh, I can I can definitely see where where that would be a, a challenge for you as well. Um, you know, in terms of that, you, you spent your most of your time at St. Henry. But what would you say is your greatest accomplishment as a coach in terms of uh, cross country and or track? Um, I think the, the thing I'm most proud of, uh, Brian, is if you go back and look at a decent amount of the St. Henry teams that I coached, especially for cross country, a lot of those teams were done with upperclassmen. Um, I think there was at least twice where I had either five or six seniors on a team um, that, that we were fortunate enough to win. And I, I think, you know, that's what I'm most proud about because always with girls, you always hear they're better when they're younger and and the fact that we were doing it with upperclassmen who, who put their four years into the program um, and, you know, came out with championships, that, that's what I'm most proud of because I think I got a lot of kids who um, stuck with it, you know, two, three, four years and, and stayed with it all up until their senior year. And, um, you know, that, that's, that always made me proud that I had seniors leading my teams. Right. Yeah, that's, that's true, um, which late, actually – conveniently leads me to my next question. <laughs> um, so I remember there, you know, there was a time when you, I don't, I, I, I assume that you just didn't allow middle schoolers to run for you at high school. I now you correct me if I'm wrong. Um, you fast forward a little bit and Brosser, you do have some, some young ladies that are very talented and a little younger as well. I mean, what, what is the shift there? Was it a, uh, a coaching change? like a mentality uh, speak to that for a little bit. Okay. So um, again, if you go back and look at when I first started coaching at St. Henry, you'll notice there a uh, page Dooley is a name um, page ran as an eighth grader. And then after that, I'll be honest, Brian, I didn't feel great about um, about using having a middle schooler. And so from pages after pages, eighth grade year, I kind of said, look, we're just not going to do this. I have 30 high school girls on this team. We're going to run whoever's here in the high school. So there was probably about, out of the 15 years that I coached probably 10 or 11 years where I just, I did not use middle schoolers. Um, and, you know, obviously it was up to the high school team to do what they needed to. So then I come to Brossard and obviously you're talking about a school that has um, 200 less kids, um, you know, to get 10 to 12 kids on the team, just high school kids is kind of accomplishment. And so you're looking at a different dynamic. So when the season started, actually July 2nd, I had a parent meeting because it was the first year that I was taking over as a head coach. And I kind of obviously wanted people to know, you know, the difference between myself and Coach Shu and what they could expect out of me. And at that time, I had zero middle school kids on our team. And I believe it was around July 13th or 14th, right before we're getting ready to start, um, our athletic director calls me and says, uh, do you know who Olivia Holbrook is? And I said, yeah, she was Camel County's best runner, co-runner of the year. Why are you asking me this? And he said, well, she just switched to one of our feeder schools, um, St. Mary's, and they want to know if she can run for Brossard. And so uh, I said, well, you know, I really don't want to run middle school kids, but, you know, what's what's the situation? He said, well, either she runs for us or she doesn't get a chance to run probably. So obviously, you know, I was like, okay, that's fine. And then about two or three weeks went past and um, I had reached out to the Hardicks. Uh, Sadie Hardick was another one of our middle schoolers and the, uh, Sadie's a swimmer she was going to run for St. Joe's. And so they said, Hey, we don't really want her to you know, be doing Brossard St. Joe's and swimming. So we appreciate, you know, you reaching out, but you know, we're not going to do the Brossard thing. And I was like, Oh, totally fine. Well, when St. Joe's 
the Diocese of Covington and, and the feeder schools decided not to have middle school, the Hardicks reached back out to me and said, hey, you know, is it too late for Sadie to come run for Brossard? You know, she can't run for St. Joe's. So um, that's really, at least right now, the reason that those two young ladies ran for our program this past year. Now, moving forward, Brian, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. If I only have five or six high school kids sign up, then, you know, obviously I have to look at the feeder schools. But, you know, ultimately my dream would be to have 20 high school girls and not have to worry about it, using any middle schoolers. No, I mean, I, I think a lot of people are in the same situation. I know uh, I have no problem running uh, my, my fastest kids. And um, so, you know, hats off to you for, um, for, for changing a little bit uh, or at least being open to that. And, uh, and then, you know, I ended up in the state championship, um, as well. So, um, I did ask, uh, or I will ask everybody on my show this question and, uh, what has been your biggest fail as a coach in your opinion? Um, I would say letting sometimes the trying to win, take control of what I was trying to do. I think there was definitely years where, it became more about winning than just enjoying coaching and enjoying being around the athletes. Um, and so I think that's probably the biggest regret that I have is I, I was so focused on trying to win that I didn't enjoy everything that was going on around me. And I, I you know, you look back and you have the, I have those regrets and I just didn't enjoy it. I, I can, I can see that. I can see that. And I appreciate you being honest because, you know, I, I think most of us, um, would probably feel kind of the same way in some of that stuff um, in terms of, um, you know, prioritizing winning instead of, uh, you know, just enjoying it or, or being there um, to, to support the kids. So I, I, I hear you on that. Um, what tips would you give a, a new coach? Um, well, that, piggybacking off of what I just said, uh, obviously you got to enjoy it. Uh, be there for the kids. It's all about them. Um, no matter what, um, keep your ego, keep, keep your ego in check. And, and again, make it all about them, make it fun. Um, you know, when it starts becoming a job, even if you have a good team, um, you know, kids don't want to do that. They want to come to practice. They'll work hard, but they also, you know, you got to break things up and have a little bit of fun and, and make sure that, you know, occasionally maybe you throw them a day off. I think kids really appreciate that. Um, you know, it lets them know that you're concerned about them and you, you know, you respect their free time and things like that. Um, uh, I, I think, especially with coaching girls, I think team bonding is huge. And I'm sure you see that, um, with your team. I, I don't know, maybe guys, it's the same way I haven't coached guys, but I think doing little things with girls, whether it's team dinners, um, overnight trips, just any kind of time they can get together and be around each other. To me, I think that always helps uh, my girls team because, um, if anything, I knew at the end of the day that they wanted to go out and work hard for each other because of that bond they had. Right. Yeah, I, I do agree with that as well. Um, sometimes, you know, being a boys and a girls coach, the, the boys, um, you know, just they kind of bond on their runs a little bit more, perhaps. And I think the well, specifically in my program, I feel like some of the girls are a little bit more competitive, perhaps during a, a run instead of uh, it being a bonding thing. Was there anything else that you would like to share with us, um, you know, about your time at St. Henry? Uh, there are quite a few, and, and uh, you probably don't even know how many individuals won state titles, but sprinters and hurdlers and, and pole vault people or whatever. Uh, how did you do that with, without what I perceived as you didn't have a large assistant coaching staff? 
Uh, so obviously, Brian, you know, you have to have the horses. That's the important thing. Um, you have to have kids that want to buy into what you're trying to do. Um, and I guess I'm an okay salesman. And, um, you know, when I started running track, I did sprints and middle distance. So I didn't know anything about the field event. So I spent just like a lot of coaches, spent a lot of hours watching video, um, going to clinics, try, trying to become as educated as I could. And in, in those 15 years, I did have some, some great assistance, but you know, it's hard to get assistance to stick around for a long time because most of them have careers and are doing other things and can't be at practice. Um, so, I, you know, but, but really I, I just think it's getting the kids to buy into it, getting the kids to believe in themselves. Um, Cause I think when they do that, they'll work hard. Um, you know, we would break down a lot of video for field events. I would, I would tape a lot and we'd go and spend not a lot of time, but maybe half hour here and there watching themselves and, and trying to learn. I was encouraged by athletes when they went to meets, especially field events to watch the best athlete in that field event, see what they're doing different than what you're doing um, and try to learn instead of being competitive and, you know, and, and worrying about what, what someone beat you, watch what they're doing. Why are they so much better than you and try to learn from them? Yeah. Now nah, in Northern Kentucky, there's a lot of uh, talented teams that we're, we are fortunate to, to be up here and in, in that. So every weekend, you know, you are, kind of running against some some good talent. So I can see where that would be a benefit as well. Um, well, Tony, I, you know, I really appreciate you coming on. We, like, like I said, we, we coach against each other quite often. So, um, you know, I, I um, have quite a few years left myself, I think 14 more, and I don't intend to stop coaching. So, you know, hopefully we uh, cross paths a lot more. So. Absolutely. Brian, thanks for everything you're doing. Uh, I think this is great. I think the more we can, you know, obviously spread the word about our sports and, you know, you and I talk through attacks. There are so many unbelievable coaches just in this area, the state of Kentucky, um, you know, Southern Ohio, parts of Indiana. I, I think you're going to, as you probably already know, you're going to fill this segment up with a lot of great coaches. Well, I hope so. And uh, I hope you keep listening. Absolutely. Let me know when you're ready to be interviewed because I'll, I'll try to turn around and do it to you. All right. That's a deal. Okay. Uh, Tony, <laughs> Tony, uh, good luck this season at the state meet. Thanks, Brian. You too. I appreciate it, buddy. Have right. a good one. Take care.